Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Today's topic, in times like these. I have a very good friend and he was telling me one day about the death and the funeral service of his grandmother. And he was struck by what the minister said when he said, in times like these, we need to look to God's word. That's true. In times of grief, in times of sorrow, in times of trouble, in times of difficulty, in times of confusion, in times of fear, and yes, even in times of joy, we need to look to God's word. But I am thinking today about death, because you see, I had a brother who died a few days ago, and in a few hours, I will gather with some other family members to remember him, uh, to think about him, to honor him. It's in times like these we need to look to God's word. Now, often we look in wrong places. We look to our own heart. We look to our own feelings. We look to our own opinions or ideas or our projection of what we hope or think. But none of that really matters. It's really what God's word says that makes all the difference. The Bible in the book of Genesis has this description of the death of the patriarchs. In fact, if you read the book of Genesis, you'll find that it's divided by certain major characters. And when it comes time for them to pass off the scene and for their son to be next in the line of faith, it talks about their death. And these are the way it's spoken. And it didn't matter whether there were people exactly uh, who had the faith of Abraham or maybe others who were simply related. But we read the following in a number of places in the book of Genesis. It says concerning the father, Isaac, who was the son of promise, remember, uh, to Abraham. It says, And Jacob came to his father Isaac at Mamre, that is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had sojourned. Now the days of Isaac were 180 years. That's how old he was. And Isaac breathed his last, and he died, and was gathered to his people, old and full of days. And his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. And obviously they also mourned him. But then the story picks up about Esau's descendants, and then it picks up the story of of Jacob and Joseph and all of them. And then when it comes time for Jacob to die, again, we have this striking phrase. It's found in Genesis chapter 49, after Jacob has gathered his 12 sons around him and a couple of his grandsons, and he pronounces a prophetic blessing upon them. It says, and these are the 12 tribes of Israel, and this is what their father said to them as he blessed them, blessing each one with the blessing suitable to him. And then he commanded them and said to them, I'm to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite, in the cave that's in the field 
of Machpelah to the east of Mamre in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field from Ephraim the Hittite to possess as a burying place. So he gave specific instructions of where he wanted to be buried. And so they followed them out. We read in verse 31, then they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife, and there they buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife, and there I buried Leah, the field and the cave that is in it were brought from the Hittites. And when Jacob finished commanding his sons, he drew up his feet into the bed and breathed his last and was gathered to his people. And then Joseph fell on his father's face and wept over him and kissed him. A very striking way, and yet so very true. When one dies, they're gathered to the place of the dead who had preceded them. Well, what do we say? What do we look to in God's word to help us in such times as these? You see, it's not to the dead that we speak, nor for them or on their behalf. It's to the living, to those of us who survive that must hear the word of God. And we don't need to hear false promises or things that people know are not true. What we need to hear is the simple truth of God's word. Here's some words I need to think about. Perhaps you need to think about them too. It's found in the prophecy or the writings, really poetry writings of Ecclesiastes, the preacher. Now, this is an Old Testament perspective. We have to keep that in mind as we read it. Nevertheless, it rings very true. We read in Ecclesiastes 3, For everything there's a season and a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And then he goes on to write the following words. What gain has the worker from his toil? I've seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He's made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there's nothing better for them to be joyful and to do good as long as they live, and that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all of his toil. This is God's gift to man. I perceive that Whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done it, so the people fear before him. And it's somewhat in this context that these famous words are said, all are from the dust, 
and to dust all return. Well, that shows us the inevitability about death, that it comes to us all. Psalm 62, 8 tells us what we need to do. We need to respond. Trust in him, that is, trust in God at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Think about that. James says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. So in times like these, we need to pray. Psalm 62 also says the following. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go up, and they are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God, and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love, for you will render to a man according to his work. And the book of Corinthians and Romans makes these testimonies, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is done, what is due for what's done in the body, whether good or evil. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us, will give an account of himself to God. As Corinthians says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due, what is done in the body, whether good or evil. But there is another passage of scripture that I think that we should turn to and that we should take consolation in. It's found in Psalms, I love the book of Psalms, it speaks so much to our hearts and tells us so much of what we need to know and how we can take consolation. But Psalm 91 was written in the time just before the Exodus. Now Moses is in Egypt where the Hebrews are in slavery. And you know God sent 10 different plagues upon the Egyptians in order to free his people from slavery. And sometimes the Pharaoh would repent but it was always short-term, and he'd turn around and change his mind. But when the 10th plague came, it was different than all the rest. God told his people, I'm going to send the death angel through the land, and I'm going to kill the firstborn of all beasts and of mankind. My people, to be safe, are to take a Passover lamb. They're to kill that lamb and spread its blood upon the doorpost. And stay in their house while I send the death angel through that night. It's in that kind of context that Moses wrote these memorable words. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, that's to Yahweh, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. 
He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wasted noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand. Think about those people dropping dead in Egypt land. But it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you've made the Lord, Yahweh, your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. That's what God is saying. I will protect him because he knows my name, God speaking. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. The first 13 verses are an affirmation of confidence that Moses expresses on behalf of the people of God that have taken refuge under the protective blood of the Lamb. But the last four verses of that psalm are God speaking to those who have taken refuge in him. Now, when times come to us, times of sorrow, times of loneliness, times of helplessness, times of grief, times of distress, hear the words of this old song. In times like these, you need a savior. In times like these, you need an anchor. Be very sure, be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. In times like these, you need the Bible. In times like these, oh, be not idle. Be very sure, be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. Be very sure. Be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. I cannot speak for the dead. I can only speak to the living. And I can only speak as one who is living. The rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. He is my anchor. And I pray that is yours too. In times of grief, in times of sorrow, in times of distress, in times of confusion, in times of doubt, in times of joy, in times of peace, in every day and in every time. Jesus is the rock. He's the only one. Let's be very sure. He's my anchor, because my anchor, if it's Christ, will hold me fast.
This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights.